Chapter 13 of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Buchos. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay. Translated by James William Wells. Suspicions When the man of Saxony returned to the guest's room, he appeared so pleased with the treatment he had received, and with the favorable state of the weather for collecting butterflies, that he called the attention of his servant Jose, who, seated on a trunk, was examining the soles of his bare feet to see if some small stone had entered that thick and insensible material. "'Man!' he familiarly replied. Mochu is very merry to-day. Has he seen any little green bird?' "'Any little green bird?' inquired Meyer. "'What do you mean? I have seen no little green bird, but I have seen a very beautiful young woman.' "'Ha, ha! Better still. But who is she?' "'She is the daughter of Signor Pereira.' "'I congratulate you! I congratulate you!' exclaimed Jose, with great indiscretion. Yoke rebuked the German, assuming a serious expression. "'Don't you be too familiar with people who are not of your class.' "'But I did not say anything wrong, Mochu.' Pereira, who had also entered the room and heard these sentences, felt as if he was seated on a fire of coals. "'Decidedly that guest of mine intends to irretrievably disgrace me, "'to thus proclaim aloud, as with a trumpet, "'that he has seen Innocencia, that he has conversed with her, "'that he has found her beautiful, her, a young woman, almost a bride. "'Oh, what insolence! "'Ah, my saints of paradise, what prudence I require, "'for any one ill-considered step may be charged with irremediable consequences.' It is necessary to penetrate the sentiments which so disturbed the Miniero in order to appreciate the cause of the varying moods through which he passed, and to see that it was but natural that he should adopt a line of conduct full of wavering doubts. If, on the one hand, he felt an involuntary admiration for Meyer, and surrounded him in imagination with the prestige of irresistibly attractive charms, this only served to add to the terror of having so dangerous a guest amidst his household yet on the other hand he felt himself bound by the imperious duties of hospitality which with the wishes of his elder brother assumed a character almost sacred but in antagonism to this bond of moral obligation rose up the inexorable laws of domestic circumspection the responsibility of screening from the eyes of strangers the sanctuary of the family for even with his great love for his daughter she being a woman he reposed in her not the slightest trust especially when the supposition forced itself upon him of the sentiment which that too seductive foreigner must naturally create in the heart of innocencia despite of the fact of her being already betrothed 
Moreover, he foresaw the difficulty that he would have to encounter in maintaining immutable his word of honour, perhaps even at the cost of defending his honour itself. All these complex problems revolving in the mind of Pereira showed their disturbing effect on his usually jovial face in sombre looks of uneasiness. In order to divert the conversation which had so embittered him, he inquired of José Pino, "'For what reason do you call Señor Mayer the Mochu?' The man from Rio de Janeiro smiled with an air of superiority, and explained without embarrassment, "'Oh, it is merely a way of speaking.' "'How so?' "'Now, look here. Don't you call him the Señor?' "'Yes, I do.' Well, then, so do I, but I do it in French, that's all. Mochu means senor in that language. Ah, replied Pereira, appearing to be convinced, that is it, then. I thought it was something else. Yuke, observed Meyer, get these things ready. We are going to the woods at once. Come with me, proposed the minero in an insinuating voice. I will show you places where there are bichos without end. With much pleasure, replied the German, and, turning towards his man, he continued, Hurry, Yuke, put aside your smoke, get ready the tin boxes, chloroform and net. Hurry, man, hurry! Instigated by these words, José Pinho rushed about the room, as though distraught with the perplexity of the demands. My glasses added the naturalist, the sack for the plants, the tube for the beetles. Come, come, hurry, there I will help you. And in his turn he commenced to search for the required objects and prepare for the occasion. To a broad belt which he slung across his breast he attached two or three small leather-covered cases, one of which contained a silver cup and chain, another a many-bladed knife. To a waist-belt he suspended a wicker-work-covered flask of aquadente, which he had purchased in passing through the town of Santa Ana do Paranaíba. Not content with the weight of these appendages to his person, he further added a hunting-knife, a short sword, and a revolver. After making all these arrangements to his satisfaction, but to the great surprise of Pereira and even of Cyrano, he removed his spectacles and replaced them with a pair of very large convex smoked glasses as a protection to his eyes from the glare of the sun, against which he also armed himself with another singular protector, a broad ring of stiff white cloth lined with green, through which he passed the crown of his chilly hat, the brim serving to support the ring. In this rig, Meyer was the most extraordinary-looking person that any Christian could meet with in any of the surrounding three hundred leagues. Nevertheless, Pereira felt offended with all these preparations, which he looked on as witchcraft. "'See,' he whispered to Cyrano, "'how this magician is ornamenting himself. But you don't humbug me. Oh, no, you don't, Senor German of my sins.' At this moment the naturalist glanced about to see if anything was yet wanting to complete his equipment. "'I am ready now,' he at last exclaimed. "'Aunt very anxious to get into the woods.' "'The carapatos will set you a tingling,' 
muttered Perietta. Footnote. The carapatos are exceedingly irritating ticks which frequent the Brazilian bush. End footnote. Ah, my gloves, said Meyer. You okay. look for them in number two trunk, in the left-hand further corner. The servant produced a pair of well-worn capacious white woolen gloves, into which the hands of the German dived in one movement. Now, sim senor, he exclaimed with animation, as he announced his readiness for departure, and uttering a sonorous and prolonged humph, he seized his butterfly net, but pausing a moment and placing a finger to his brow, ah! he exclaimed, the wine, I was nearly forgetting it, the wine for your daughter, Signor Pereira, your lovely daughter. The miniero shrugged his shoulders impatiently and observed aside to Cyrano. He pretended to forget. Look at that now, eh? But this bicho won't throw dust in my eyes. Oh, no, he won't, not if I know it. As he received the bottle of wine from the hands of José Pinho, he added aloud, "'Thank you very much for your presence, Senor Meyer. But if, if you cannot spare it, the little one will have to get cured without it.' "'No, no, no, no,' replied the Saxon, with a series of negatives that seemed as if they would have no end. "'In this world,' muttered Perriera to himself, "'no one drives home a charge of shot without the wadding.' But with Certenejos one does not play the fool. Footnote. Inhabitants of the Sertao. End of footnote. This, said Cyrano, taking the bottle in his hand, will complete the cure with certainty. Avoiding any pronunciation of the name or quality of the person whom he was treating, he added, She ought to have a little appetite today, and may get up for a short time. At midday, then, Perriera suggested to Cyrano in a very low voice, you send to call the girl and give her the medicine, do you hear? I have told them already inside there, but I have to keep a sharp eye on the big bichon. He seems like a puma waiting for a wild deer of the plains. I say, don't you think this wine has some witchcraft in it, eh? His companion energetically repudiated such a possibility. Well, I don't know that, I am not so sure. These enamoratos are capable of anything. Have you never heard of the love pills and potions, eh? Now tell me, have you never? Do not disturb yourself, Señor Perriera, replied Cyrano. I will examine the liquid, but I am certain that there is nothing noxious in it. Very well, then. Exactly at midday, call Maria Congo or Tico. Nocencia will somehow drag herself here, and the doctor will give her a dose. What? To leave her room already? observed Cyrano, in a tone of consternation. No, senor, that I will not consent to. I will go and give her the medicine. It will cost me nothing. Perriera appeared to be perplexed at the suggestion. I don't know, he said thoughtfully. But raising his head as an idea seemed to suddenly strike him, he continued, "'Very well. I will return here from the plantation. But if I do not appear, then you just step round and make her take a dose. As to this yellow German, I will take him a long way, and not bring him back until very late. 
and he will be so done up with his walk that he will think only of sleeping. With Perriera occurred a natural yet comical fact in the singularities of the moral world. As his suspicions of the intentions of the innocent Meyer increased to exaggerated proportions, he at the same time felt an unlimited trust in that other man, who was also an absolute stranger, and who at first had caused him to take as many precautions as he was now doing with the other. Yet withal, in the inevitable struggles of life, in which we sometimes find ourselves committed, there is always a certain innate craving for help, a certain desire to meet with someone to aid us, either by strength or counsel even when a thoughtful reserve or a sympathetic caution prompts us to resist the intervention of these allies of the moment. Add to this the temperament of Perriera, one predisposed to open-heartedness and garrulity, and then the reason of his doings and sayings in relation to his two guests, Cyrano de Campos and Wilhelm Tembelmeyer, will easily be comprehended. End of chapter 13